John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17, on page 1087 in the Church Bibles. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Many of you, uh, I guess, will have had a glass of wine Uh, Perhaps last night, uh, perhaps over the last few weeks. Wine is incredibly popular, not just um, throughout the world, but throughout history for thousands of years. Uh, I'm told that there are over 10,000 varieties of grapes um, used to make wine. But you can be sure about this. Every single grape which has ever grown on a vine uh, has been uh, able to make wine because it was grown on a vine. I've got a bunch of grapes here. Uh, They are uh, juicy, refreshing, delicious, all because they were grown on a vine. You see, in order for them to be fruitful, in order for them to to grow to their full size, not to sort of shrivel up, they needed to be connected to the vine. We're looking at at John's Gospel today, chapter 15, uh, and Jesus says to us, we need to remain in him. He is the vine, and we are the branches, we're the grapes. Jesus says, if you want to be full of life, if you want to be fruitful, you need to remain in him. Now, I don't know how you're, you're feeling this morning. Perhaps you're, you're here this morning, you're, you're not really quite sure what to make of Jesus. Maybe you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. Uh, or maybe you, you used to follow Jesus uh, way back uh, in the past, but you're beginning to wonder whether it's worth 
sticking with him. Maybe it's time you, you cut yourself free of the vine and, and started to look for life elsewhere. Is it really worth sticking with Jesus? The pandemic has fundamentally changed our way of life, hasn't it? We, we, we've been disconnected from people in a way that I guess we've never experienced before. Maybe you're reassessing your friendships, reassessing who you want to be connected to. What about Jesus? Is it worth reconnecting with him? In this chapter in John 15, Jesus says, remain in me. There's no life outside of me. Grapes can't survive, cut off from the vine, and neither can you. I'm the source of life. Cut yourself off from me and you'll, you'll shrivel up. It's a bold claim, isn't it? Maybe an arrogant claim. But before we dismiss it, let's look at who Jesus is. Who is this man who claims to be the source of all life? If you've been here for the past few weeks, you'll know that we're looking at the chapters in John's Gospel which lead up to Jesus' death. And Jesus is sharing a last meal with his disciples from chapter 13 onward, and he's preparing them for his departure. He's given them another helper, the Holy Spirit, and he's going to send them out into the world. Just at the, uh, the end of our passage, the, 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 uh, the verse afterwards, 15 verse 18, Jesus tells them that, that sending them into the world is going to be difficult because the world is going to hate them. How are they going to survive? How are we going to survive in a world which, let's be honest, hates Jesus, in a world which tells us to look elsewhere for life, to, to cut ourselves off from the vine, is it really worth sticking with Jesus? Well, the first point I want us to see, and hopefully you've got it on your service sheet at the back, uh, is this, uh, from this passage, remain in Jesus and be fruitful. And that's from verses 1 to 8. Have a look at verse 1 with me. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Jesus says that he is the source of all life. An astonishingly arrogant claim, unless, of course, it's true. And some of you might know this is the last of the seven I am sayings from John's Gospel. So Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. In other words, I am Yahweh, the, the God of the Exodus who appeared to Moses way, way back in the Old Testament, the God who's the source of all life. And here Jesus says he is the true vine. Now the image of, uh, of a vine was well known to the disciples uh, and uh, in Isaiah chapter 5 God describes his people like a vineyard. Imagine a vineyard, it's got all kinds of things it needs and God says that he has carefully planted, he's built the vineyard and he looks for grapes but there are only wild grapes, sour grapes, there's no, there's no fruit. Israel was supposed to be good grapes they're supposed to be like this. They were supposed to be sweet, refreshing, delicious. But they shriveled up because they cut themselves off from the source of life. But Jesus says he is the true vine, the true Israel. He is the vine. 
the point of a vine, of course, is to bear fruit. And if there's no fruit, of course, the branch is cut off. So have a look at verse 2. Jesus says, Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he, the gardener, takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it will bear more fruit. I've got a, uh, another, another bunch of grapes here, um, or at least part of a vine, um, but there are no grapes on it. It's as if, um, I've obviously taken them off, but it's as if they, they've shriveled up and they've fallen off. This vine is pretty pointless, isn't it? Because there's no fruit on it. And if there are no grapes on it, what do we do? Well, we, we throw it away. We cut it off and we throw it away. And Jesus says that his father, the gardener, throws away branches without fruit. Have a look at verse 6 as well. If anyone doesn't abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. And this is a, this is a terrifying picture of judgment. The disciples would have known from Ezekiel chapter 15, where God tells his people, you, you're a useless vine. You're a vine with no fruit, which will be burned up. But, Jesus says, if you remain in the vine, you'll produce fruit. Have a look at verse 3. Already, Jesus says, you're clean because of the word I've spoken to you. You see, if you've been washed by Jesus, made clean, as the disciples had literally been, hadn't they, in chapter 13, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet, if you've been washed in Jesus' blood by trusting in his death on the cross, you're clean, you're in him. But, Jesus says, verse 4, abide in me and I in you. Remain in me. Stay connected to the vine. And verse 5, he says, without me, you can do nothing. I mean, think about the vine and the branches. It's the most intimate connection you can imagine. The branch gets all its life from the vine, all its nutrients, all its water, everything. It can't survive without the vine. The branch is completely dependent on the vine. Why would it cut itself off? No other plant will do. It needs the vine. And Jesus says, stick with me. Why would you cut yourself off? Stay connected to me. Well, maybe you're wondering, well, how can we be connected to Jesus? I mean, he, he's not here, is he? After all, he's not here. He left the disciples shortly after this, and he's not returned. But remember from last week, if you were here, uh, in chapter 14, Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit, another helper. You see, through the, through the Spirit of Jesus, we're connected to him. When God opens your eyes to see who Jesus is, his spirit, the spirit of Jesus, is working in you. He's not one plant among many. He's the true vine. And Jesus said, as we saw last week in, in John 14, verse 20, I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. In other words, Jesus says that the intimacy that he has with the Father is the same intimacy that he has with us, like a, a baby in its mother's womb, or I guess like a grape on a vine. Our very life depends on him. Through his spirit, we're intimately connected to Jesus. So what does it mean? Uh, what, what, what does it look like to remain in him? Well, it, it means to live life dependent on the vine. Just as the branches can do nothing without the vine, we can do nothing of eternal significance uh, significance without Jesus. 
Now, sure, you might be do, do, do some interesting things in your life. Maybe you've got a, a bucket list of things to, to, to do before you die. But, but see, none of them will last without Jesus. None of them will come to anything eternally. But Jesus says, if you remain in him, you'll produce eternal fruit, fruit that will last. Have a look at verse 5 again. Whoever abides in me, and I am him, I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. Or verse 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. I don't know if you noticed that Jesus said that he abides in us and his words abide in us. He wants his words to remain in our hearts. So, so read Jesus' words in, in the Bible. Sing Jesus' words in our songs so our words can abide. His words can abide in us. Jesus wants us to pray to him, to ask whatever we wish. And he says it will be given according to his will. You see, his desires will be our desires. So pray to him, ask him to produce fruit in your life. But what is the fruit that Jesus is talking about here? Is it, um, is it serving at church on a, on a Sunday and, and during the week? Is it telling other people about Jesus? Is it sticking with Jesus when life is hard? Well, yes, it's all of those things, isn't it? Any evidence in your life that you're connected to the vine. Perhaps you're here this morning and you you want to be connected to Jesus, but you're not sure if you're producing any fruit. You you look at your life and you, if you're honest, you feel like you're you're withering. You find it hard to tell your friends that you're a Christian, that the weight of the pandemic seems to have have crushed you. you. You've lost the joy of being connected to the vine. Remember Jesus' words from chapter 6, verse 36. Jesus says, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Jesus does not want to cast you out. No, he wants you to remain in him. And think about it. Fruit does not all look the same. Lots of different types of grapes, and it takes time, doesn't it, to grow. Just as there are over 10,000 types of grapes, fruit in the Christian life will look different for different people, for all of you here. It may look like keeping going through suffering, not cutting yourself off from the vine. So is there any evidence in your life that you're holding on to Jesus? Then you're in the vine, but stay there, not not just today or tomorrow, but for the next 10 years, 20 years, 100 years, remain in him and you'll produce fruit. And perhaps you're you're here and you've been a Christian for a long time and maybe you've become a bit complacent about being in the vine. You you, you say to yourself, well, of course I'm in the vine. Of course I'm in the vine. I don't need to produce fruit. I don't need to to serve my church or or, or love others sacrificially. I'm I'm fine. I can can come and go as I please. Well, you can. (laughs) You can. You're free in Christ. And Jesus says in in chapter 10, verse 28, uh, that no one can snatch his sheep from him. If you're in the vine, you're safe, safe forever. But make sure you're in the vine. Because if you are, you will produce fruit. I mean, that's the whole point of the vine, isn't it? To produce fruit. Think about Judas 
Uh, we we uh, read about him a few chapters um, back. Judas looked like he was in the vine, didn't he? Of course he did. For three years he'd seen Jesus' miracles, heard Jesus' teaching, and loved Jesus' disciples. And yet he betrays Jesus. He didn't stay connected to the vine because I, I guess he was never really part of it in the first place. And Jesus says, verse 6, If anyone doesn't abide in me, He's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. See, many disciples did turn away from Jesus. But as, as Peter says in John 6, 68, to whom else would you go? I mean, outside the vine, there's only death. Nothing else will give you life. Where are you looking to for life? Where are you putting your roots down? What's your security? Your house, your children's education, your family, your money, your career, your health. None of them will give you life. None of them will last. Jesus is the true vine. Apart from him, you can do nothing of eternal significance. Remain in Jesus and be fruitful. That's the the first thing I want to see. The second thing I want us to see from this passage is that we should remain in Jesus' love and love one another. And that's from verses 9 to 17. In some ways, the the second half of this passage is an explanation of the first half of verses 1 to 8. What does it feel and look like to be in the vine and produce fruit? Well, it means to be loved by Jesus with an everlasting love, a love that won't let you go, a love that makes you feel safe. Have a look at verse 9 with me. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And we know from John's Gospel, don't we, that Jesus is going to give his life for the disciples. He's going to give his life for us by dying on the cross. We know that we have life if we're bound up with him, the true vine. But we may ask, well, does he actually love us? Is he just following orders from his father? Well, no, he loves us because the father has loved him. You see, the love within the Trinity, within the the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit overflows to us. Having children is, uh, is one of the most amazing things in the world. It will turn your life upside down, but it should also bring a joy like no other. Many people cannot have children for all kinds of reasons, and there's many other people to love, of course, besides loving your own children. But the joy of having children is an overflow of the love within a marriage. Parents are not sort of following orders. <laughs> no, the love of their marriage overflows to their children. And Jesus has loved us with an everlasting love because of the overflow of the love within the Trinity, and here in particular between the Father and the Son. For all eternity, they've loved each other for this love to now overflow to us. You see, in one sense, it's no surprise that Jesus died for us <laughs> because he loves us as the Father has loved him. So, remain in his love. 
a child doesn't walk away from its parents lightly, does it? You see, the more loved the child is, the harder it is to walk away. In fact, I guess it becomes impossible, doesn't it? Why would they leave when they know they're loved? Remaining in the family is to remain in their parents' love. To remain in Jesus' love. You could not be safer. How do we remain in his love? (laughs) Have a look at verse 10 with me. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. It's the same as Jesus said in 14 verse 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And verse 11, these things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. How do you feel the day after you get engaged? Well, you might feel absolutely terrified, might you? But hopefully you'll also be filled of joy because you're loved with a love that won't let you go. Someone has promised to love you no matter what. So you don't need to prove yourself anymore. You're safe. You're safe in their love. So how do you respond if they then ask you to do something? Uh, do you mind doing some washing up? Oh, yeah, sure, no, no, no problem. Well, should we, should we prepare dinner together? Yes, of course. Would you be able to buy something from the shops this afternoon for me? Yes, of course. Anything you need. See, if you're you're safe in their love, you're more than happy to obey their commands. How much more with Jesus? He loves us with an everlasting love, a love that, that makes all the engagement parties and all the weddings and all the human marriages pale into insignificance compared to him. He's a good husband, You're safe in his love. It's a joy to be connected to him. It's what we were created for. And this is his commandment, verse 12, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus is building here on the Old Testament command in Deuteronomy 6 to love God and the command to love your neighbor in Leviticus 19. But now he tells them to love each other with a brotherly love. Repeating John 13, 34, Jesus tells his disciples, if you love me, obey my commands and love each other as I have loved you. And how has he loved them? How will he love them? Verse 13, have a look with me. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. Jesus has loved us by dying for us. The love of the Father has overflowed to the Son and overflowed through him to us. And he asks us to overflow the same love to one another. So look around you. I don't know if you thought about where you were going to sit when you came in this morning, but look around you at your brothers and sisters at Grace Church. Do you love them in the way that Christ has loved us, by dying for us? Loving people means seeking their good. It means forgiving them when they wrong you. It means pointing them to Christ. Now, I guess we all love the idea of love, don't we? Uh, we all like the idea of, of being, uh, being loved. It sounds wonderful, doesn't it? I mean, being part of a community of people loving each other, seeking each other's good. Everyone likes the idea of love until they have an actual person to love. Because it's hard work. 
Sometimes we don't really want to love others. We'd, we'd rather look after number one. We'd rather not come early to set up. We'd rather not talk to that person on their own that needs welcoming. We'd rather not go to our growth group on a Tuesday evening to encourage each other to live for Christ because it's hard work. Loving others can be hard work. And I guess if it wasn't, Jesus wouldn't have had to told, uh, tell us to do it. But remember the motivation. Love one another as I have loved you. And see, it, see who it is who calls us. He's the true vine, the source of all life. And look at what he calls us in verse 14. Have a look down with me. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Friends. If you remain in Jesus' love, you are his friend. Only Abraham and Moses in the Old Testament were called God's friend. But now we can all be friends with God by remaining in Jesus' love. It's not that by obeying him makes you his friend, but if you are friends, you'll do what your friends ask because you're friends. That's how friendship works. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, verse 15, because servants don't really know what their master's thinking, but Jesus has revealed his heart to us. He's called us friends. Many of you, I'm sure, will have watched the American sitcom Friends, which became internationally famous throughout the 1990s and early 2000s. Rachel, Monica, Phoebe, Ross, Chandler, and Joey's friendship took the world by storm. Why? Well, because in real friendship, we see something beautiful, don't we? We see something that we, that we want. Friends who love each other, who seek the other's good. Friends who share their lives together. Well, we don't have to look any further. In Jesus, we have the greatest friend we could ever long for. Everything that the Father has made known to Jesus, he's made known to us. He shared his heart with us. And in case we're feeling pleased with ourselves for remaining in the vine, for remaining in Jesus' love, for choosing Jesus as our friend, have a look at verse 16 with me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. If you've been grafted into the vine, if you're remaining in the vine, it's because Jesus chose you to be his friend. He chose you to be part of his family, to be in his love. So there's no place for, for arrogance or self-righteousness. But without him, you couldn't produce any fruit at all but he's chosen you to produce fruit. He's not just saved you uh, to stop you being thrown into the fire. He wants you to produce fruit, fruit that will last for eternity, ultimately that you point the world to him. So it's by loving each other that you prove yourself to be his disciples because the Father's love overflows through Jesus to his church who then overflow with love for each other and to the world. Will you stick with Jesus? Will you remain in the vine? Or will you wither? There's no life outside of him. There's no life anywhere else. And see how he's loved you. You couldn't be safer. Remain in his love. Remain in the true vine. And you will produce fruit.